Secret Satan. A seasonal murder mystery in 24 episodes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 9 I set a lot of store by presents, not just the receiving of them, although I, like everyone else, set a lot of store by that, but also on the keeping of them. In fact, I could start a store with the presents I set store by, even the terrible ones. I suspect it's some fundamental emotional failing, some desperate need for affection, that means that even the slightest demonstration of attention, in the shape of even the most trivial and appalling of presents, uh, a little pewter Santa Satan, for example, seems hugely significant. And so the presents must be kept. And so I have a ridiculous collection of hideous gigors, and so people keep giving them to me, like the aforementioned Satan. It's a superstition, now that I come to think about it. The presents become taboo, in some way sanctified and precious, simply by their state of being presents, by what they represent rather than in themselves. In fact, in spite of themselves, in most cases. I'm going to end up founding a religion based entirely on Christmas. The other way round has been done, after all. This superstition extends to other people's presence too. I can never quite believe that there are people who find presents they don't want irksome, who think they're just useless junk, who want rid of them. So I treasure them for them, much to their annoyance. Anyway, all of this is to say that I made tea using Lem's unwanted secret Satan stash that he had specifically put in the office kitchen for the use of everyone else because, and I repeat this, he didn't want it and I felt guilty about it. He wasn't wrong either. He wasn't very nice. And I would much rather have had English breakfast. And then I felt a slight twinge of guilt about not appreciating the present enough. I don't take sugar with my tea, but I do take at least two spoonfuls of unresolved emotional issues. And, as it turned out, tea was inadequate to my needs because, as I returned to my seat, I discovered an angry little moon glaring at me over the top of my screen. I was going to need something stronger than tea because it was no moon. It was the aggressively smooth and disturbing head of Radu, the freelancer, and it had the rest of him underneath it. Please, he said in a voice that suggested there was no polite request intended, a word. As I think I have explained, Radu was technically my freelancer. He was, as HR liked to put it, my direct report. Report, I can only assume, in the sense of a loud noise I have unaccountably made, like a scream of pain or a fart. And as with sudden involuntary public noises, I was very keen to distance myself from responsibility for Radu, not least because he too was entirely involuntary. I did not need a freelancer, but Ali, who managed the rest of the team, did. HR wouldn't allow her one, so I got roped in as her beard, allowing her to hire in my name. Fortunately, only she and HR maintained this fiction for appearance's sake, while everyone else entirely understood that Radu was her unfortunate public embarrassment, not mine. Everyone apart from Radu. For Radu, this was not a fiction, it was a fact. He was down on the paperwork as my unexpected noise, and the paperwork could not be wrong. He insisted on treating me as his manager, despite all the evidence that this was not a good idea. I wasn't very good at it, I didn't want to be very good at it, and I wasn't, in actuality, actually it. But here we were, sat in the kitchen, having another word. It was never just one word, it was always several and often, because sadly Radu required a lot of managing. 
and if there's anything worse than reluctantly managing someone, it's having to do it frequently. This was because Radu was not very good at his job. He was not very good in a whole range of very specific ways. His work was merely average, which would have been bearable if infuriating if it also wasn't often also late and riddled with simple errors, but even that might have been manageable if it hadn't also also been begrudgingly, angrily, belatedly average. The truth was, I suspected, that Radu knew he wasn't very good at the job he had been hired to do and was therefore extremely defensive about his work. Radu was unmanageable in the sense that he refused to accept that he needed managing and required long conversations with his manager to complain about this. I do not like the little statue, he said. No one likes the little statue, I said. That's the point of it. It's a little joke, Radu. That's all. A joke on me, said Radu. Not at all. You, you weren't supposed to get it, in fact, I said. It, it's an in-joke for the rest of us. An in-joke that does not include me, said Radu. You do not include me. Well, you're a, a freelancer, you see, I said. We, we don't include freelancers in the secret Satan. There was a usually missing from that sentence because... We often included freelancers in The Secret Satan if we liked them. The reason Radu wasn't included was because no one liked him. However, while I might not be a very good manager, I wasn't bad enough to just tell him that. Besides, I didn't have to. Radu knew, and it made him very angry indeed. I am not part of the team, said Radu. Well, of course you are, I said. Just as a freelancer, you know, it's different. Very different, said Radu. You do not include me. You insult me. No, 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 I said. Honestly, it's just an in-joke. Not the statue, said Radu. Lem said I look like a balloon. He did, and he wasn't wrong. I'll have a word with him, I said. We're all used to him, but he can be a bit of an acquired taste, I know. You say my work is bad, said Radu. Well, not bad. I said, we spoke about this, we, we just need to work on checking before delivery and then on timely deliveries. Not you, said Radu. The team. Someone has been complaining, I said. Who? Tony, said Radu. He is always telling me my work is bad. Tony? I was beginning to suspect that this might finally be the first productive conversation Radu had ever had with a manager just not in the way he expected. He changes things, said Radu. He breaks them and then blames me. He leaves comments in the code, insulting comments. Well, I said, that's not something you need to worry about anymore, is it? This was possibly insensitive, but Radu didn't seem to mind. No, he said, and this was the most positive thing I ever heard him say. Tony does not worry me anymore. I made a mental note to update Radu's card on the Kanban board. Tony had been bullying him, and now Tony was not going to be bullying him anymore. His card could jump up a column to join Edie and Ned. Time for me, I think, to call a project meeting, without letting anyone know what the meeting was about, of course. You have been listening to Secret Satan, 
a workplace mystery presentation in 24 slides, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Our music is Holiday Weasel by Kevin MacLeod from filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman, who you can find at jamielenman.com. Our Christmas stories are on Spotify, YouTube and Substack and you can find links to all of these on our website, christmasstories.co.uk or you can subscribe on your podcast app. Wherever you listen, please take time to rate and review and make sure you don't miss the next episode of Secret Satan. Secret Satan